Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy for Me. In a week where holidays have kind of dominated the discussion and the debate and some of the actions that have uh, that have gone on. Um, outside of that, uh, breakfast routines have been something that's caused a little bit of consternation and there's the age-old question of what do you do with a duvet when it gets too hot? Um, all this... I've got to say all this and more, but in reality, there isn't all this and more. There is one more thing in there, but um, after a bit of uh, guitar. Monday. It's probably best just to come out and say it. Um, We rented a motorhome. Um, and this comes down to holidays. So, um, as you know, because I've mentioned it a few times before, um, at the start of the year, we had two holidays booked and we were due to go to Spain for uh, a week in May in the spring bank holiday. And we had a sort of 12 days of, uh, booked in Spain at the last week of August, first week of September. And it, we've pretty much arrived at the conclusion that, um, the, the second Spanish holiday, uh, would go the way of the first. So that in reality, it wasn't going to be possible to go obviously uh, there's issues around quarantine which has major impacts on the fact that when we get back there's only a couple of days before the kids go back to school so therefore that would put a two-week break in in schooling and as we've had a six-month break in schooling obviously we'd like them to go back at the same time as everybody else goes back because it is going to be a bit weird um, and that's before you start looking at what could happen across Europe in that time, because the you know the the direction of travel appears to be uh, that there isn't a direction of travel. Uh, I um, you know the way we're going, travel to those places is going to stop, not not open up again. So we've been scrabbling around looking for something we could do in those two weeks. And um, one of the options that we we talked about was a was hiring a, a motorhome. So um, the backstory to this is that we used to have a caravan, and uh, over a period of about you know six years, we we well we actually had three caravans over a period of six years. Um, not all the same time, obviously that would be odd. Um, but we um, we we started and went down the route of seeing if you know we'd like a caravan, and then you know bought one and ended up changing it and then end up changing it again for one with two bunks when we we found ourselves with two children um and loved the caravan absolutely never thought i saw myself as a caravaner and absolutely take all the jokes on board so all the stereotypical jokes don't mind happy because there was something about the fact that you would you would appear somewhere You'd arrive with your caravan and you would just sit and drink tea and read books and drink wine in the evening and that was about it. And the kids would disappear off riding bikes and playing and they were relatively safe and it just seemed a very pleasant way of spending time. So um, so anyway, the, the caravan ended up being um, a casualty of the fact that um, sport came along. So football and cricket dominated weekends. The two seasons crossed over uh, and suddenly we didn't have the weekends to go and use the caravan. And you found yourself with something that you owned that was sat in storage and just not being used. So we made the reluctant decision that we would move away. But the place that we got the caravan from, or caravans from, which is a local firm, uh, about the time we sold up, started renting motorhomes. And he's now got about 30 of these motorhomes that he rents out. And they are amazing. They're absolutely fantastic. So 
Um, we we've for a long time said, oh, do you know what? Let's 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 dip our toes back in and let's rent a motorhome. And then there's never really been a week. And and the lure of going somewhere and sitting around a pool has always kind of been greater than 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 the motorhome thing. Um, but we just happened to pop in uh, and 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 see. You know, Peter and the guys down at, the, at well, it's called Peter Robert Car- Peter Roberts Caravans, and we popped down to see them just on the off chance, thinking, well, there's no way they'll have availability by now. Anybody who's cancelled a holiday will have rebooked, and they won't have availability. Anyway, it turns out they did. They had a seven berth motorhome, um, you know, with fixed double bunk beds and some and, and a whizzy a whizzy bed that is electric that drops down from the ceiling, um, and another another sort of great stuff. And so we we just snapped the hand off and said yeah we'll have it we'll we'll we you know we'll uh, we'll take it for for this this week which is the sort of the crossover week into september um and we and we we're going in a motorhome and i'm and i i can't begin to tell you how excited i am about the prospect of 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 packing stuff up and grabbing a king size yorkie bar and sitting behind the wheel of this huge thing of this behemoth and and getting you know getting my getting myself and the family down the road and and doing the whole the whole motorhome thing so so yeah that was uh, that was the start of that was the start of the week and that was and that was just a you know it's it's um i'm i'm smiling you can probably tell i'm smiling now because i'm really kind of looking forward to it so it's amazing how these things work out and i'm desperately going to miss spain but it's amazing how these things work out <laughs> Tuesday. This is a quick uh, public service information for those of you out there that have Amazon Prime. Um, if you have Amazon Prime, you need to check out the fact that a film's call, a film called Knives Out, has now appeared on on Prime um, and is available um, to watch as a as a as a Prime subscriber. Now, the reason why you need to watch this film is because um, this is a film that. Uh, came out, I guess, towards the end of last year, and it it's a um, a sort of it's a thriller, but it's got a comedic edge to it as well, and it includes an incredible performance from Daniel Craig as the detective, uh, playing this very sort of loush um, kind of detective in in kind of an Agatha Christie style. So the film is it's a country, an Agatha Christie country house mystery. Um, you know, there's a, there's a murder. Um, it's a, it's a sort of a, um, it's a family based thing. Uh, it's a, you know, um, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of the word, uh, it's dysfunctional. That's the word I'm looking for. So it's a dysfunctional family, um, scenario, I should expect there's money involved. Um, and there's a, there's a, there's a murder of the, the patriarch and, uh, and then the detective rolls into town, you know, in that wonderful way of suspecting everybody and being one step ahead. And he's like, uh, he's like a cross between kind of, Bond and Hercule Poirot uh, and uh, Jonathan Creek, kind of. I don't think that works actually as a as a collection of people that probably doesn't work. But the point is he's brilliant, and the point is the rest of the cast are brilliant, and it's a fantastic couple of hours. Uh, and it's one of those moments where you think, well, they just don't make films like this anymore. Um, 
And there's a, I mean, there's a fantastic sequence with him and uh, listening to uh, an MP3 player that is just absolutely beautiful. But it reminds you of how good an actor he is, um, and he sends himself up, you know, very, very well. And the entire cast plays it absolutely beautifully. And you just need to to grab it and watch it because it's not been out on DVD very long. So, you know, it's still a premium DVD if you want to buy it. Um, we went to the cinema to see it and had an absolutely fantastic evening seeing it. So if you've, if you've not seen Knives Out, then watch Knives Out because you will thank me after the sort of two hours um and you will you'll you'll you will be entertained and you will have a smile on your face and you will think the world's a better place when you finish watching it wednesday i talked on monday about motorhomes and uh, got quite excited about it um but what that does mean is the other half of that particular story is the fact that we um aren't um going going to Spain so there's still bits to organize with that we've had a crazy scenario with the fact that EasyJet have cancelled you know one half of our flights so they um there's there's still the EasyJet thing to to resolve and the other things like the hire car and the, you know the car parking those things have been resolved and we the, the reason for mentioning this is because I um spoke to Laura uh, today and Laura is um, the person that books the uh, villas in this very small area of Spain that we go to. So I've, I've probably explained this before, and forgive me because we're thirty odd episodes into this and I've completely forgotten what I've said in the past. But um, the place we go to is about forty fifty kilometers uh, south of Alicante, and it's about ten kilometers in, inland, and it's a, a it's a it's a little development base around a golf course, and um, and and literally. If you imagine a, a sort of a golf course with villas around it, but not dense, there's sort of one or two villas. There'd be, there'd be a street around the course, effectively, and then that's it. It's not it's not a ridiculous quantity of, uh, or it's not a, it's not one of these silly developments where you're you're going you know in a complex series of roads to get anywhere. It's actually relatively simple and straightforward. So that, so it's not it's not huge, and it's inland, and there's a couple of villages nearby, and it's very Spanish, and it's great, and we love it. Um, and consequently, Laura takes care of most of the um, most of the the holiday lets on this space because it's relatively small. She t- she pretty much is she's the de facto person for holiday lets on this space. And uh, we thought it was just easier to ring her. She's not hassled us for any cash or anything, knowing that it was completely uncertain. And I and and I rang her and and had a long a long chat, and it was great. And we've worked out what we're going to do, and we've moved some of the bookings and cancelled one of them. And she's been incredibly helpful. Um, and, you know, I'm very fair and, and very understanding about what's going, you know, what's been going on. Um, but the interesting thing about it was that I sort of said, well, is, is the season just a write-off for you, though? And she said no. And, and, and what's happened is an area where she would traditionally have um, English predominantly English people coming over um, and taking most of these lets on. She's been uh, absolutely inundated with people wanting to travel within Spain. So people wanting to come from, um, I guess, from other parts of Spain to where to where they are because they're only 10 kilometres away from what is some, you know, really pleasant um, coastline. And there's a, uh, and again, I think I mentioned this before, but there's a great little town called uh, Guadalajara, which is just, 
which is just sort of the, you know if you if you head directly to the coast and in in you know the, the, the sort of as the crow flies route, then you hit uh, you hit Guadamar and the end Guadamar is just a, a beautiful stretch of beach and it's a a very Spanish you know little sort of almost village on the on the beach um, and 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 isn't overrun as a tourist destination so it's not it's not full of hotels it's a very nice little place to go and spend some spend some time so if you were Spanish coming somewhere to you know, for a, for a bit of time by the coast, then where these villas are is, you know, is, is perfect, particularly if you don't want to plonk yourselves in the middle of a, a load of, you know, um, British or German or whatever um, holidaymakers. So she's she's ended up having a, a very good, um, you know, season. She's, she's fairly booked up for the remainder of the season because she had a lot of, you know, Spanish who clearly can't travel or are not willing to travel to places because obviously they're feeling the same as everybody else, which is a very uncertain about what would happen if something kicks off while you're, you know, you while you're abroad. And it got me thinking about well, this if this is a change, where do the Spanish normally go on holiday? Um, and and I have to admit, I don't know. I I don't know where you know. So clearly, when the Spanish go on holiday, they must go somewhere. But I don't know where they actually go. Do they go to Italy? Do they go to to France? Do they where where do they actually where do the Spanish disappear off to when they they have a holiday? Um, because it seems this year they're doing exactly what we're doing, which is they're they're having a staycation. Um, and um, if you if you can answer this, if you've got any idea what the Spanish normally do when we go over there and they clear off because it's been invaded by Brits, then I'd be I'd be interested to actually find out. Um, but the one thing in this instance is it's worked out great for for Laura, which is fantastic. And whilst it's a huge shame that we're not going to be getting over there this year, we've already scheduled in for next year, and hopefully we'll get over and and see her at some point in twenty twenty one. It's been a warm week this evening, and it's been a week uh, where we've had warm and quite muggy and sticky um, evenings. So it's not really cooled down or freshened up through the course of the early evening into into the night, and so therefore it's been it's been more troublesome to to sleep and and a little bit more uncomfortable and sticky than it would normally be. Um, and of course, what that does is that brings the whole question with regard to duvets into the into the equation uh something i you know could probably call the the duvet quandary and it's something that's uh in this house it's compounded by the fact that my wife insists on having a, a, a duvet that really is for the depths of winter on the bed all year round um i don't i don't quite know why um particularly as we'll go through this story and, and you realize that for large portions of the year it's not actually employed in the way that it was you know meant to be employed so we've now got that whole thing with the this there appears to be three options to me as far as i can well actually i think there might even be four as far as i can tell one is that you just you just deal with it and you you go under the duvet all year round which means that you gently poach um through the actually now poaches in water isn't it so what what would it be if you were just in something warm it's it's like a slow cooker i guess like a slow oven so you you uh you know you gently sort of um roast through the course of the night because you're you're under the whole duvet and so yeah and you accept it for what it is and you just wake up 
a couple of times through the night and and you're uncomfortable in the morning when you wake up but that's that's what it is so that's that's kind of option one which doesn't work for me at all but there we have it and 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 i do know there's a there's a body of opinion um that that thinks that you should just suck it up and and deal with that so that's that's fine so we'll we'll make that we'll make that option one which is the, the kind of the slow bakers um the slow bakers the slow roasters um and then there's then there's appears to be option two which is that you sleep with your feet out of the duvet now i i don't understand how this works but it clearly must work because having tried this you do somehow or you naturally do it you kick your both feet out of the duvet and then thinking that somehow that is going to keep the rest of your body cool um so in the case of me and i'm just over six foot that means i expose less than you know 20 percent of my of my body and somehow that's going to keep me cool through the evening uh and i don't think it works but it is one of the things that i naturally find myself doing so that's number two uh the whole the 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 whole pinkies out brigade so we'll go with um we'll go with that one um number three appears to be one leg out and one leg in and that i really don't get um and that is something that actually uh, i have to say my wife does she i'll often come to bed and find the whole sort of one leg out one leg in thing and i don't get that at all um so if somebody can explain that one to me i'd be i really would i'd appreciate that because it, it just doesn't seem to make any sense but it appears to be a thing so i don't know what we call that whether that's the hokey cokey option or what i don't know but but that appears to be a thing and then the fourth one is the obvious one which is you sleep on top of the duvet and the the reason for that this is because that's what i did last night i slept on top of the duvet last night and uh found myself feeling somehow uncomfortable with that as a solution i found through the course of the evening that i was slightly a little bit cold but also felt a little bit vulnerable uh, and i don't know why I, I i absolutely don't know why so um there doesn't appear to be an answer to the duvet quandary as far as i can tell because the you know the slow roast doesn't doesn't seem to work the pinkies out doesn't seem to 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 work um and it's not pinkies is it really for toes but whatever we need to come up with something for uh, uh for, for toes uh, piggies probably actually um the piggies so the piggies out version doesn't work uh, the hokey cokey option doesn't seem to to work and the you know and and the and the and the, and the full-on on top of uh doesn't doesn't work either so um yeah help on this one gratefully received friday the request came in this morning for pancakes uh and that's a fairly normal request uh in the short household um and it used to be simple so uh, the request for pancakes was actually not pancakes in the way that you think about them. The, re the request for, for pancakes used to be a request for Scotch pancakes or, as they are in the Bureau book, uh, dropped scones. Right. So first off, before we get any further, yes, it is scones. It's not scones. Scones, you might think, sounds better, particularly when you put the word dropped in front of it. But it's scones because it's cone with an S on. And don't get me don't get me back with well yes but it could be gone with an s because that would that would be sagon, and we're not talking about sagons we're talking about cone with chest with his scone 
right back to the program so it used to be easy because it used to be drop scones uh, so pancakes involved making one thing and that was fine uh, and they they became a firm favorite and it was often often a sunday morning thing then the eldest the firstborn decided that actually he preferred a traditional pancake um which you could call a crepe and i don't know if we're allowed to call them crepes post brexit i know we haven't left yet but what happens can we call them crepes come january i'm not quite sure but anyway um and if and if by the way if we can't that's one example of another freedom that we've lost but um a crepe or a pancake has become has become the the preferred option of the firstborn uh, mainly because he likes to smear them in nutella and that's fine that's fine if that's what he wants to do that's fine so this is normally a sunday thing um but the request came in on a friday and it's school holidays and it was like oh fine just yeah okay not a problem so what used to be a fairly simple task has become a more difficult task because essentially you're making a batch of of uh, pancake mix for one of them and a batch of um scotch pancake mix um for the other so it, it adds to it a little bit so the reason for mentioning this is that my pancakes which have normally been okay have started to stick in the middle and I don't know why. So the request now is for anybody that can help me understand why my pancakes have started to stick right in the middle. So they, 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 you know, you let them cook and they, they start to just, you get, a, you can see the heat and then bubble slightly underneath, and you know that you're in a position where you can just, you know, shake the pan and they'll loosen, and they're not loosening anymore. They're sticking in the middle. Um, and I, I, I'm, a, I'm at a loss. I'm absolutely at a loss. Uh, there's nothing in my Vero book that that helps me out, and the pan looks absolutely fine, and it's only started to happen in the last the last couple of batches I've made. So, I am I am putting myself at your mercy for the second time this week. There's the duvet question, which I need to know the answer for, and there's also the pancake stroke crepe question as to why my pancake stroke crepes have started. And I'm saying crepe as many times as I can, just in case I can't say it from January onwards. Um, wh- why they've started. They've started sticking. Please, I implore you, if you can help me, can you please help me? Because it has stumped me and the rest of the household. And that's it for this week. Um, I hope you're all well. uh, And I hope you're coping with the fact the ever-changing lockdown advice and the ever-changing bits of life that seem to be daily at the moment. Uh, And all I can say to you is if you're a prime customer, get yourself yourself in front of Knives Out and, and, and tune out for a couple of hours. And if you're not a prime customer, sign up to your free month of Prime just to watch Knives Out. I thank you and good night. If you've enjoyed Therapy for Me, then please subscribe and share as you see fit. This has been an A Short Stories production.